Welcome back to Ultimimi & Co's Media Talks. You're joined by your hosts, me, Manal Sapra, paralegal. And me, Charlotte Sutcliffe, associate in the digital and data team at Ultimimi. Woohoo! Okay, Charlotte, so I was thinking about Broadway shows and like theaters. Uh, do you remember the times in like a Broadway show when they used to open the curtains and the show starts, everyone's on stage and at the end, People would bow one by one, say their names, everyone claps, and you'd know who the actors were. Uh, so I was thinking, is that something like credits? Yeah, or like when uh, you'd spend 10 minutes watching the opening credits. Like remember in Greece, it would Ooh, just, you know, yes. you couldn't actually, it was quite entertaining, but you couldn't just dive into the show like you can now. I mean, credits right. are a really important aspect of, of these director services agreements that we're discussing. So, so yeah, I mean... Following on from last uh, the last episode's conversation, credits credits can be one of the most heavily negotiated parts of these agreements because I suppose if you're getting someone in, if you're a producer who's who's engaging with a particularly well-known director, that director will want to continue the legacy of his or her career and and have their name you know front and center of this production, and so and and I suppose it, the entertainment industry is notoriously reputation driven. So I've heard of these deals, you know, negotiating for hours and days on where the positioning of the credits right. is and who had the biggest input, input into this um, production. Because I suppose if you've got a producer who's arranging everything, who's possibly putting up the financing, their name wants to be front and center. But then if you've got a well-known director, their name wants to be front and center as well. Um, and it could also work in the best interests of the producer to put that director's name front and center because it gives their film more credibility. So, yeah, this is definitely something that needs to be heavily negotiated and documented in writing. People have a, a shorter attention span now and credits are typically less seen, less in your face. And if they are, people go on their phones. So the other thing is for a production, I suppose, going back to the Grease comment, it's worth making it interesting during the show while you're putting the credits up. So people can simultaneously see who's responsible for this film, but also not be distracted where they just go on their phone because right. it's just a boring you know, credit display. Okay. So it's quite a skill and a quite an artistic technique in itself to so, create these credits. So you're saying something like, you know how in the 80s show they start each person's face, the name right under it, and the show starts, then you have another show where they have like directed by. Exactly. And I, I suppose okay. that there's also competition for the positioning and there's actors and writers also who want to be who want to be um, positioned, have their name positioned, so then they're competing with the producer and the director and you're negotiating all these contracts on the side and it can it can, you know, it can be quite intense. So at least in your director service agreement, you can agree between the two of you where your credits will go and where the positioning will be. Okay. Um, and who's responsible for negotiating those other contracts. Can you, I mean, the director, can they say the size of the font? Can they say the color? Can they say, is there like specifications or anything that they need to say for the film or like the show? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've seen many agreements where front and center in the specifications of the film. So producer might say to the director, this is what the film needs to look like. Uh, it needs to be of this duration. It needs to be of this kind of genre. You need to comply with the, with the writers, with the script. Included in that is the credits and how the position of the credits will be right down to the font size and color. Okay. And order, everything. Yeah. 
And can a credit be included only in the film, but probably not in the way it is advertised on a poster? Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's all negotiable. And those, and that, again, the promotion of the film, the trailer, the snippets of the film, that could also be all addressed in this agreement. You know, you need to provide these to me. The producer could say, I need to see this trailer. I need to have um, approval rights over this information if I want to, approval rights over the trailer, approval rights over each episode or snippet, and deliver these kind of things up. Um, and I need to see these credits and the positioning of it. And it, and it varies in, in terms of, yeah, in terms of the promotional material and the ultimate film or, or series. Okay, well, that brings me to my next question, intellectual property rights. So you've been speaking a lot about rights, uh, the promotion, how it looks. I'm guessing all of this is copyrighted, correct? Absolutely. I mean, the main, uh, I mean, this, this agreement, in essence, is for the sale and exploitation and production and creation of intellectual property. That is what we're doing here. We're not building houses. We're not building roads. We are developing the property and the most valuable asset in this is the IP. Without a proper IP clause, I mean, it, it can be a huge mess. And this is something that our IP team looks at in detail all the time. So the specific wording of an IP clause is something that we have to run by them. Okay. I mean, when we work in this industry, we see these kinds of things all the time. But it can be quite complex. Yeah. yeah, so they, they always cover copyright, intellectual property rights, disclaimers, those sort of things. Um, okay, so my question then leads on to, what do you need to consider when it comes to IP? Is there something that I should know if I was a director? Yeah, there I think, there, I mean, there have been occasions where because the IP clause hasn't been expressed properly and it hasn't been, you know, because this particular wording and and which territories you can exploit the IP and whether you have a license, whether you have an assignment for IP, there it has created gridlock and the project cannot get off the ground properly. This finished product of a film or a series cannot be exploited and distributed because the two parties are arguing about who owns what and what they can do with it. So it really needs to be set out clearly. First of all, who owns the IP? The starting position under law is if you're a creative IP, you automatically own it. Doesn't matter. Like as long as it's in material form, you own it. Okay. So, so can you assign it? Can so you, you grant can it? Assign it. Yeah, of course. So absolutely. So wait, sorry. What is assignment? <laughs> Good question. Assignment is the transfer of the intellectual property. So okay. say if I wrote, uh, and I can just write, write like a paragraph in a, okay. in a book, and I write a poem or a paragraph. I own it, right? If I want to give that to you. I have to write a little, uh, an assignment is not something that's implied under law. Assignment is something you have to write out and, and basically sign it. Okay. So I say, I, Charlotte Sutcliffe, assign to Manal on creation, for example, this paragraph in a book. Then you own it. Okay. So, so you're then, saying. Exactly. The product, like, so at this stage, so let's say the director signs all his IP to the producer. Yes. Is that possible? It is. Because, I mean, the, the director is the one who is going to be creating the property. So. It, it, the, it's going to be responsible for arranging the artists, the writers, capturing the writer. And the, by the way, the writer will also own a lot of IP that has to be licensed or assigned, but that's in a different agreement. Uh, they'll be creating the film, the film, the end product of the film, and each snippet of the film, each little modification, that's all intellectual property. Okay. So that needs to be captured in this IP clause. And then 
either assigned to the producer or licensed to the producer. And this is negotiable, but usually the situation is that the producer, the production company, will own the intellectual property okay. and then possibly license it back to the director for the purposes of the director promoting and marketing. That material. was going to be my next yes. question. Well, before I ask you that question, can it ever be that because the director, he was directing the film or the show and his direction was, I want to include this very famous clip from the 1990s. Mm. It is copyrighted. Can he just put it in? Usually no, unless it's, it's, it falls under one of the exceptions in the copyright law, which it most likely won't. Right. Um, and our IP team can talk to that. Right. But no, you will need to gain permission from, okay. from any third party sources. And going into that, the production company has to be assured that the director has received those consents and Okay. So it will be included in the clause that any third-party IP that they use has been licensed properly. Exactly. Okay. And you that makes sense. And the proper consents and the pro proper image consents from different actors. And it depends who's responsible for that. But yeah, I mean, it all has to be captured properly in the IP, in the IP clause or... And alternatively, or in addition, an indemnity. So as I said, the, the most important valuable commodity in this agreement that's being created by the parties is the IP. So the production company will want assurance from the director as an indemnity, meaning if the director screws up and doesn't capture this property, doesn't receive the proper licenses and consents for this okay. party IP, the director will be held responsible for this and it okay. won't be the production company that's being sued by these third parties. So that is captured in what we call indemnities and warranties in the agreement. Okay. So they can't be held liable at all? Yeah. If it's if it is, if the clause is written out properly, they should not be held liable at all for any mistakes and they should be able to trust what the director is bringing in right. to, that, um, to that production. So they should come to us. Ask us for advice, <laughs> essentially. Just a quick overview. Exactly. <laughs> or our RIP team will deal with this on the IP. Uh, we always, even we, you know, we deal with these things all the time. Yeah. We always run these clauses by the IP team. Definitely. Because the particular wording is super important. Yeah. Where you're distributing it, which, you know, which territory, for how long, the term, is it perpetual? Can we take that license away? Um, yeah, it, it can be quite complex in yeah. specific wording. I mean, there's been huge court cases that have, that have discussed this in detail. Right. Because it was a comma in the wrong place. Wow. All hell broke loose. So <laughs> be aware. Okay. So sorry. Let's get back to promotions, publicity. Mm. You were going to dive right in. So. Yeah. So ultimately, I think it's in both parties' interest to promote the material. Of course, they both want to profit from it. So they would want to. And so usually we would include a publicity clause about who's responsible for what level of promotion and marketing. Um, and at the same time, on the on the other side of the coin, confidentiality is equally important in that because you don't want anyone divulging information about this highly anticipated production. Right. And like the new, the really famous triple numbered film that came out recently. Exactly. I'm guessing no one knew that it was coming exactly. out until it came out. It's all, and, and with this, this huge um, competition for content development, this is really important. And I mean, it's super important. Otherwise, it will kind of ruin everything if people go okay. around spo giving spoilers, telling about. And, and it's also important that whoever's responsible for their contracts with the actors, 
probably the production company, that, that's also written in there. So you're not okay. allowed to talk about this with anyone. You're not allowed to give spoilers. You're not allowed to share scripts. None of that. Okay. And that will also be held as an indemnity, indemnify for any of these damages and lost profits that could be um, due to divulging this information too soon. Okay. Well, I wanted to tie in because you said all these actors, everything, you need to make sure the content's right. Is there anything that they usually need to be aware of that is in the clause when it comes to content restrictions? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's the other thing. So especially in the UAE, there are some pretty um, specific content restrictions captured under a lot of the federal laws, which can, I mean, you can incur some quite heavy penalties and possibly okay. prison time for, for um, infringing on these content laws and restrictions. So there are certain topics that you should definitely steer away from, um, such as anything that incites protesting, anything to do with homosexuality, any sexual conduct, things like that. So whoever's responsible for reviewing the material that's created should ensure that they abide by these laws. Okay. And whoever's not responsible for checking this should receive an indemnity so that they're not held responsible in case the other party accidentally or whatever infringes these laws. Okay. So does that mean the director has to keep this in mind as well when when yeah. during this agreement? Absolutely. Okay. So the production company could say we're, we're going to review this material, you have to deliver it up to us just in case. But ultimately they could put this on the director and say, you know, look, make sure that you comply with the laws, right. make sure you comply with content laws and you indemnify us in case you put anything in there because if you know, we're not going to constantly be checking this. You indemnify us for anything that you any breaches of the law that you may create. Okay. Well, since we're coming to the end, how about we talk about termination? Yes. Termination. So one thing in mind with termination is that you may want to continue your engagement on with this other party in the future. So for example, you might create deriv derivative works or if you've created a series, you might trial the series and if it's particularly successful, you have series two. Hopefully like media talks. <laughs> exactly. Let's see in the review section. Um, in that case, you would want to have an option clause in there. So the producer has to give the director, for example, the option of working with that production company in the future. Okay. And if the director says, no, I don't want to, that's fine. They can go with someone else. Um, and then on the flip side of that, if it does terminate, I think both parties need to consider what that would look like. If you've given up the budget, where does the budget go? What happens to the fee? If the, produ if the production company terminates, do they pay out the director the entire fee? Do they pay out a certain amount of the fee? Is that fair? Can the producer buy the IP from the director and deliver right. it up? Because say the director works on this thing for a year and then it's canned um, and all the profits that the director may have a share in the profits and distribution, then what happens? The director loses all that money. So the producer might decide, okay, well, we'll buy all of the stuff that you've developed so far. Okay. Um, you know, to so the and then continue on with a different director if the relationship's not working out or when we have proper funding, we can continue. So this is also another clause that's very important um, to consider under one of these agreements. Otherwise you might do all this work for nothing, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds that. like a lot. <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> Especially when it comes to infringements and indemnities and exactly. everything. Exactly. Okay, well we're wrapping this up. Is there anything else that a client would need to know when it comes to director services agreements? Aside from like following their obligations and duties, is there anything else? I just think the takeaway is to create something that, that makes sense, that's in plain language, 
Each party understands their obligations and all of these key provisions are covered. Just to prevent any issues in the, in the future um, or any disputes in the future and to be able to create a great working relationship um, throughout this engagement and in the future. Okay. Well, thank you again, Charlotte, for providing this insightful... Thank you, Manal, <laughs> for these insightful questions. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so you've been joined here by Manal Sapra and Charlotte Sutcliffe from the Digital and Data team at Ultimimi & Co. And thank you again for listening. Bye.